This is your host, Jordan Carroll, and welcome to the Sunday Ain't Scary Podcast, the show dedicated to those addicted to living outside of their comfort zone, obsessed with designing a life of freedom, and for those who choose to make every day count because they know Sunday Ain't Scary. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sunday Ain't Scary Podcast. Jordan Carroll here, and thank you so much for listening. If you were expecting an episode last week, you were probably disappointed. I made a decision to not post. I actually recorded a podcast, and ultimately, when I re-listened to it, there was some uh, background noise, and the subject also was something that I was already on the fence about posting. So I ended up not doing it. And I traded my consistency for sanity, I like to say, because I'm on week number three now of recovering from this surgery. It's been a very difficult process. I still can't walk without crutches. And a lot of the things that I have been limited in doing, I've kind of re-questioned I've kind of re-questioned everything in my life, really, because when you're put in a situation where you can't do the normal routines that you want to do, it does give you that power, that authority to be able to say, hey, you know, should I really be doing this? If it's really this difficult to do in this circumstance, why am I doing it? So I had to ask that question about a lot of different things, and it relates a lot to the episode today. It's indicative of a shift that I'm really feeling in my life that I want to share, and hopefully there'll be some things that you can take from this episode and immediately apply to your life. So we're in a time of the year as well where this is also super relevant. So the theme of the podcast is that more is not better. I recently read a book called Essentialism. It's quickly one of my favorite books, and I'm going to use a lot of references from that book in this podcast to provide you with some tangible things that you can do to reduce some of the noise in your life and to recognize yourself which are the most important things that you should be doing or that you actually want to do. I I don't really like the word should, but in so many ways, we've been conditioned that more is better. We're fed that we need to buy this to complete ourselves, whether it's a car or a house or the latest tech gadget. And obviously being near the holidays, that gets exasperated even more, where everything is all around this consumption society that having more things is better. We need the new app that's come out. We need you know, this new opportunity that's come around from someone who has asked us to do something. It really is pervasive in every single thing in our lives. And that conditioning, when you're told and, and convinced over and over and over again that the more things you have or the more opportunities that you're working or the more this, the more that, that that's better, it's, it just causes this hysteria. And it it raises the questions, how do we combat the busyness of current life? I mean, people in in this generation, this day and age, are more busy than any other generation or time period in the world because of technology and because of the pressure and because of social media and all these things. What do we do with the overwhelm of all these options, of all this information? And what do we do about the lack of clarity that we have? Because I think all of us go through those times where we're just very unclear with what our next step should be or what we're supposed to do in our lives. The nice part about essentialism, the book and, and kind of the practice, the discipline, so to speak, is that it does give you a framework to develop purpose to stay focused on goals. It's very applicable for both, you know, personal things, for work things. It's more of a state of being than it is something that you do. And let me explain that. So, every single time you're faced with a decision about something, 
opportunity, purchasing something, whatever it is, you have to apply the discipline of making that decision in an essential type of way in order to live as an essentialist. To live as an essentialist is someone who is in the relentless pursuit of less but better. So not more is better, but less but better. And the three different steps of essentialism are explore. So basically that means discerning the trivial many from the vital few. Two is eliminate, cutting out the trivial many. And then three is execute, removing obstacles and making execution effortless. First disclaimer, I am not an essentialist. I strive to be. I really want my life to be framed in this way. And it actually kind of brings me back to minimalism, which is essentially another take on this. Minimalism is more so in physical ways, right? So having less clothes, possessions that you actually value and having less possessions, but all the possessions that you actually have are valuable to you makes them better. Whereas if you have a ton of possessions and you don't really care about them, then it's not a great way to live. It just creates clutter and it creates you know space in your brain. I had made some huge steps towards minimalism, especially when I started traveling the world. And essentialism, I kind of view as this additional view of that that takes into account all the decisions and opportunities of daily life in this current digital age. So again, disclaimer, I am not an essentialist. And in fact, I'm a non-essentialist by every definition that I found in the book because I am always doing too much. I'm always accepting too much responsibility for things. I'm always saying yes to opportunities that are not essential. And I'm trying to change that. So I'm in this process. So you can learn it with me if you would like. But that's really created situations for me where I forgot that I have the ability to choose. And when you forget that you have the ability to choose, you become a function of other people's choices or even a function of your own past choices. So it's really important to remember within the things that come your way, you have choices. So this podcast is a good example. I really questioned it last week because I went through the mental process of creating a podcast, getting it edited, and then re-listening to it and saying, you know what, just for the sake of doing it, I'm not going to put this podcast out. I don't like it. I don't like how it sounds. I don't like the topic as much as I thought I was going to like it. And I'm just not going to post it. And that's okay. And when I was able to make that choice, it was very empowering. But then I also have to make the choice every week. Is this podcast still something that I want to do? And how is it serving me? So these are all important things to ask. And I think a non-essentialist, if you want to look at the differences between the two, a non-essentialist kind of approaches every trade-off asking, how can I do both? So maybe seeing two different things that are both good options objectively and saying, how can I get both of these done? An essentialist asks a tougher, but what say is a more liberating question, which is which problem do I want? So instead of asking yourself, how can both of these be done? Ask yourself, if I had to choose, which problem do I want? So I thought that that was really interesting, focusing more on, you know, forcing yourself to choose in, especially out of two good options, which is the one that's going to stick you with the things, the trade-offs that you are willing to deal with. And this intentionality is is really important because, again, if you don't prioritize your life, someone else will. And traditionally in our society, we've been punished for what would be considered good behavior in an essentialist view, which is saying no. And then we're rewarded for quote-unquote bad behavior saying yes. I don't know when was the last time you got a request from someone 
who was probably expectant of you saying yes, and then you said no, people get really disappointed and people take no very personally. So it becomes very difficult in our society to be someone that sets boundaries and sticks with them. So I did want to give you some ammunition. Here are some ways that you can kind of explore, you can eliminate, you can execute on this new found journey to less but better, not more is better. Mind you, this is a process. So as I'm implementing these same things that I'm talking about. It, it is decision by decision. I am not perfect. I am human. I'm very flawed. And I'm finding this process to be difficult for me. So <laughs> don't, don't necessarily go in expecting it to be very easy because you're going up against a lot of conditioning. You're going up against a lot of things that maybe you've done differently. So let's start with evaluating the trivial many from the vital few. So one of the best ways that they recommend in Essentialism, the book, to do this, and this is something that I've done for probably six or seven years, is journal. Journaling every single day, writing down the things that happen to you, and doing so in a way that is the most minimal way that you can keep doing it. So journal less than you actually want to in a day. What that means is journal the maximum amount before you'd actually get burnout doing it. I don't know if that still makes sense. Let me let me say it like this. I have the five minute journal, which I find to be extremely helpful because it only takes five minutes. So I can jet through that thing in probably three to four minutes even, but not feeling the pressure to like write out full length pages and having an actual template every single time is super helpful for me. So I kind of appreciate that. So journaling reflection in general is a really good way to start this process of awareness because if you're not aware of where you're leaking your energy, the journal will help you kind of figure that out. So that's when you start recognizing, okay, these are the different opportunities I'm invested in, I'm involved in that are not serving me. They, they feel like a drain. They don't feel essential. They feel like an obligation of some sorts. I recommend beyond that, get some quick wins. So cut out the things that are really obvious. So there might be a few engagements that you're in where you're just kind of at the end of your rope anyway, and it would just be easiest to just cut it off. Always take the opportunity to cut things out when you have that moment to do it. Outside of that, if it's not so obvious for you what you should cut out, then there are three different techniques that I want to talk about that can help you make that decision. One is a criteria list. So basically, with a criteria list, you're writing down at least three minimum criteria that an option would have to pass in order to be considered. So however you want to determine that criteria for you on, on a specific type of decision is up to you. But just remember, like if something doesn't hit that criteria, then you have to be strong to say no to it. Another one, number two, is the 90% rule. So that's giving the option of a score between zero and 100. And if anything scores lower than 90%, you automatically change the rating to zero and you reject it. So pretty cutthroat stuff. But again, this is what we're trying to do is eliminate things that are not serving us. Number three is you can pretend that you don't own it. So Instead of asking how would I feel out if I missed out on this opportunity, you can kind of say, if I did not have this opportunity, how much would I be willing to sacrifice in order to obtain it? A lot of times we have specific things that we're involved in already, and we think that because we're already involved in them, there's kind of this sunk cost, right? The bias of sunk cost, the fallacy, where we've invested so much time and energy into it, so we can't possibly leave now. Well, that's not a really good way to live your life, because then you're going to be stuck in things that you don't want to be stuck in for however long. So that's a good time to kind of look at it and say, if I, if I wasn't involved in this, how much would I be willing to sacrifice to have it? Then, beyond those three things, you actually have to set your boundaries and stick to them. That's really hard sometimes, especially if you're used to saying yes. But here's a couple things to remember about no's. 
No's are really important, and when you're going to deliver a no to somebody, it's great to remember that the decision of a no is actually separate from the relationship. You're not saying no to that person. You're saying no to whatever that idea is. Beyond that, there's also this trade-off, right? There's a trade-off for everything that we do. So if you're able to focus on what the trade-off is and why it's important for you to have this, that can be great. You want to remind yourself that everybody is selling something. So selling you ideas, selling you some type of perspective to get you to do something. Make peace with the fact that saying no, I love this part, saying no often requires trading popularity for respect. Saying no requires trading popularity for respect. So what do you want to be, popular or respected? I would choose respected. And then remember that a clear no can be a lot more graceful than a vague or non-committal yes. So if you say yes to somebody kind of half-heartedly, that is much worse because you're not actually putting in your full effort and people deserve to have that honest transparency of, hey, this is an actual no for me. So here's a few ways to say no. That was before that I was kind of going through reasons why no's are important, but how do I actually say no? One, pause before you speak. That is a big piece of this is don't just say yes. Like feel like you're at a, in a rush to need to say yes to anything. When people ask you if you want to do something or if you want to be part of something, I would always recommend deferring especially if it's not a 100% like fuck yes, right? Take the time and I like to kind of say, hey, let me check with my calendar and let me get back to you. If you're in a job situation, your manager is actually asking you to do something that is against what you've been prioritizing prior, you can say, yes, what should I deprioritize? So then you're putting it back on them to tell you what to deprioritize to take on a new project. You can also use the words, you're welcome to X, I'm willing to Y. So essentially moving the yardstick, right? If they've asked for this from you, you can offer a consolation like, hey, I, I can't do that, but I can do this. And it still might be something that's helpful to them. You can also say, you know, I can't do it, but this person might be interested. So offer up someone else you know who may be interested in the opportunity. The last one here is use email bounce backs. So this is something I actually instituted within the past couple of months. I put a an auto responder. So it's a permanent vacation responder on my email. So when someone emails me, they get this email back that basically tells them that I do not get lost in my email anymore. I, I just try not to spend so much time in there because it can really suck up my energy and drain me. So I give a bunch of links for people to take action if it's a potential client or if it is a client. They have a help desk they can go to. They have this that they can go to. If it's a request for a speaking engagement or a podcast, they can go through the link there. So it gives someone who would email me everything that they need to get a response and to go through the proper channel, but it also does demands respect of my time. So I think that that's a really great way. I mean, obviously for people that are working at a company, that's probably not something you could pull off. But if you're an entrepreneur, if you're someone who's working for yourself, it tends to be something that I've seen with a couple of very high level people do it. And, and I was like, I, I need to make this change. So again, this podcast, the theme is more is not better, right? The essentialism and the intent behind that is making one decision that maybe eliminates a thousand later decisions for us. It's getting away from majoring in minor activities, which I love that phrase. And the way of essentialist means living by design, not by default, not by other people and what they want you to do, but actually what you want to do and what's important to you. So if you take any one thing from this podcast, I hope that you can take a look at one, take a look at the things that you're doing now and, and immediately cut something out. Because if you can cut something out today, that means that it's saving you decisions in a future, in the future parts of your life. And then beyond that, I just want you to be able to question, question 
everything. Question why you're doing things, question why people are asking things of you, and question what it is that you actually want to do as an essential activity. And I hope that that helps in this holiday season. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever it is that you celebrate. I appreciate you listening to this and uh, Happy New Year. We'll see you, uh, I think, in the new year based on when this podcast is going to come out. The next one after this will be in 2022. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Sunday Ain't Scary podcast. If you found value from this show, please consider three free ways that you can support, all of which will be linked in the show notes. Number one is leave a review. Reviews are the lifeblood of any podcast and help others to find me. Number two, subscribe or follow wherever it is that you're listening to this right now. Number three, share with one friend who needs to hear the message from today. If you're interested in the video version of this podcast, you can go to my YouTube page, youtube.com slash Jordan Carroll, or check out the show notes, which will have links to all my social platforms, websites, and anything mentioned in the show. Thank you, and until next time, keep wandering. You're not lost.